Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1646. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm very revved up, very excited to share with you today a special guest calling in from beautiful Malibu, California. Oh, what a nice place. I've surfed there a few times way back in the day. Steve Bolton. Hey, Steve, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I absolutely am. Let's do this. All right, we'll have some fun. Well, listen, before I introduce you and tell all my listeners a lot more about you, I want you to tell them one thing that most people don't know about you. Well, before I got into this crazy automotive business that we all love, I was a political cartoonist for the newspaper, uh, the LA Times in Los Angeles. Oh, no kidding. So you like to draw, you're an illustrator. Is that something that you studied in school or is that just a craft that you honed over the lifetime? I was an art major at Cal State Long Beach here. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, when I got out of school, I got a job in uh, a newspaper, which is something we used to have. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That people used to read. So uh, I was on that cutting edge of technology and working in the newspaper in 2000. Very cool. Well, there's a little something we have in common because I studied a graphic design and advertising along with business when I was in college. So, but okay. but illustrations and drawing weren't really my my forte. I went into more graphic design and advertising and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, I always admire people that could be great illustrators. My uh, future daughter-in-law is a magnificent illustrator. In fact, for a long time, she was one of those Google Doodlers. Oh, yeah. I know what that is. Yeah. When you log into Google and you see those beautiful illustrations, she was an international doodler. So she did a lot of drawings for the international Google website. So, uh, yeah, she's a great, great artist. Well, let me give you a proper introduction and then we'll dive into some questions here. Steve Bolton is the managing director at Drive Savant Magazine, an international periodical published in the Netherlands. Drive Savant is dedicated to small production vehicles, classics, and moderns, and all the stories that come along with them. It is his way of sharing the car stories that we love and preserving them for future generations and following his passion and love for all things automobile. Steve grew up in SoCal near Pacific Coast Highway with British parents. He learned to appreciate cars from all over the world. For years, he created advertising for some of the largest automotive brands on the planet, including Land Rover, Jaguar, Toyota, Nissan, and Porsche, of course, one of my favorite marks. He also wrote season one of Nissan GT Academy, a first ever reality show where games were transformed into real racers. And he is becoming a podcaster. He has a podcast titled Best in Class that we're going to learn about as well. So welcome to the podcast world, Steve. We'll be back in just a minute. But first, a word from our valued sponsors that make this show possible. Give them a little love because they're the ones that make this show possible. Keep your seatbelt on. We're on the Coast Highway in Malibu, baby. We'll be right back. Did you know that Covercraft is much more than car covers? They offer protection for the inside of your vehicles as well. No matter what kind of vehicle you drive, Covercraft makes a floor mat, a cargo area protection product just for your vehicle. Their plush custom fit floor mats turn any ride into something special. Their premier Berber custom floor mats 
which are a favorite of mine. If you want something very stylish and unique for your favorite ride, they also have Weather Shield floor liners that provide ultimate protection for heavy dirt, mud, snow, and slush. Their Carhartt custom cargo liners not only look great, but keep your rear cargo area and seats protected from the kids, the pets, or whatever's going on back there. Do you have a pet that destroys your vehicles? Covercraft has you covered for that too with a wide variety of pet protection options. Is your vehicle getting a little long in tooth? There's no better way to give it a new car look than with a custom fit floor and trunk mat. I replace mine every few years with something a little different just for fun. All your options are easy to clean, they secure to the floor, and they look oh so good. Don't forget your trunk too. Custom fit trunk liners for sedans, coupes, and SUVs are perfect to protect the factory carpet from all those things that can stain, tear, and damage your carpets. Check out Covercraft.com for the huge number of styles, colors, and options that you'll love. And I've got a deal for you here at Cars Yeah. If you use the Yeah120 code at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order on me. Go to Covercraft.com, use the code Y-E-A-H-120 at checkout and get 10% off today. Covercraft, they've got you covered. American Collectors Insurance. That's who now protects my Porsche Turbo. The one I call my orange crush. They've been protecting vehicles since 1976. With all the time, effort, and money you've put into your classic vehicles, do you know how much you would receive if yours was stolen, damaged, or totaled in an accident or a fire? Your regular auto insurance carriers won't tell you until after the claim and more than likely you'll be in for a rude awakening. With an agreed value policy from American Collectors Insurance, you'll be paid your vehicle's full agreed value. No surprises. So don't just hope for a fair claim settlement. Be certain and know exactly what you'll get with an agreed value policy. I shopped around and decided to protect my car with American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866 866- 224-9324 and protect the ones you love. Tell them Mark Green at Cars Yeah sent you. That's American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors, folks just like you and me. All right, Steve, we are back. And I want to start this journey of your life with a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that you think has been instrumental in forming your life and your many successes. I like to say it's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So I'm going to pull over and let you do some driving. So take the wheel. Oh, inspirational quote. I think one of the things I like to keep in mind, I don't know if it's a quote or not, but I think of it as the Henry Ford approach, since we're all car fans Mm -hmm. here. That is learning every phase of the assembly line that you're working on. So if you're making an ad, learn how to write, learn how to design, learn how to shoot, learn a little bit about color, sound, everything you can to get that piece at the end that resembles hopefully something, a a car that somebody would want to drive. Well, how have you applied that? And we're going to talk more in depth here in a minute about Drive Savant, the magazine. But let's just say, how have you applied that? mantra that concept into this new magazine that you're publishing well the idea of the magazine is we want to present something that's not only visually impressive but also the stories are compelling so my background was in marketing and writing but i also went to design school 
So by understanding uh, a little bit of design, also how to tell a story, and also how to sell something that people would want to buy, it helped to combine all that, uh, plus with the partners I'm working on who understand publishing, we're able to make a complete product and everyone in the room was able to understand from A to Z the whole process. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, I've been there, done that with the companies I've worked with before where I had to put, I always say there's reason I have no more hair on my head is I had to wear too many hats and it rubbed all the hair off, <laughs> changing those hats 10 times a day, 100 times a day sometimes. Well, let's talk more about Drive Savant because I would really love for you to take a deeper dive into a couple things here. One, why? Because we all know, like you mentioned, you know, newspapers are struggling, definitely. Magazines, they're struggling too. But there's been some really great magazines that have come out. Uh, Magneto, I've had David Lillywhite on the show with Magneto, a new publication. Triple Zero, when Pete Stout launched that, some wonderful magazine. Um, and a lot of people going, well, why would you do a magazine? It seems like things are going away from that. So give us a little insight into the why and then tell us more about, maybe a little deeper dive about what Drive Savant's all about. So when my many listeners come and subscribe to you, that's a hint to you listeners, come on, support some of my folks here on Cars, yeah, you'll go, oh, I do have a great idea. So there's a famous phrase that they always say, there's always room at the top. Mm. Uh, however, with magazines, people have said no one's reading anymore. And the reality is, is that people are just more picky about what they do read. And so if you make something interesting, uh, they will read it. And the idea behind Drive Savant was that there's plenty of publications, much like Magneto, Octane, uh, Road Rat, that are coming out of the UK. And they have a, a specific tone. They love cars. They're great. There's so much history there. And they do a great job. Uh, Road Rat might be a little rock and roll. Magnetos for the enthusiasts. Octane might be a little more mechanically focused. For Drive Savant, we thought that we wanted to focus on the, the founder. is actually named Joel Lou, And he's uh, from the Netherlands. And the Netherlands has a wonderful history of cars, from racing to collecting. Some of the best collections in the world are actually from the Netherlands. So one, we wanted to give a voice to that. Also, the Netherlands has a great history of design and appreciation for the arts. So that tone and style go into this magazine. And the reason we decided to make it is that for right now, there wasn't really a specific publication that had a Dutch American connection. Mm -hmm. So it's the voice of, of the U S along with the Netherlands. Uh, and it creates a unique piece and it's also a beautifully printed piece. So very, very premium and very personal. Each magazine is personalized to the person that receives it. Wow. Well, you know, I love this whole concept. I, I've told my listeners this before. I used to subscribe to 40 car magazines for decades I had a huge stack of car magazines next to my dresser or on my desk, and people always kind of laughed. How do you have time to read all those? But I loved it. I read them front to back, and being a graphics guy, I liked the graphics on some and disdained it in some others. But over time, I've just culled that field and narrowed it down, and now I have five. Maybe I should make it six because I think Drive Savant would be a great publication to subscribe to. And exactly what you've described is the are the ones that I – have retained. They're ones that I found interesting. They go more in depth. Beautiful layouts are very important to me. And a beautiful layout makes me enjoy the turning of those pages and seeing what I'm seeing. And I even think people that aren't designers 
they like that even though they don't know what they like. Uh, there's just elements, you know, uh, to it, of course. So give me an example and our listeners an example, let's say, of some of the types of articles that we'll find in Drive Savant. So the idea behind Drive Savant is we wanted to have a theme that would help us stand out from the many other car magazines that you mentioned previously. And a lot of the magazines will focus on vintage cars only. Some will do just modern cars only. Some do car reviews. And the idea behind Drive Savant is that we're focused on low production vehicles. It could be a race car. It could be an early pre-war car. It could also be a modern one-of-one one car from, you know, maybe a Spiker or something like that. That's mm -hmm. far more rare. So the stories that you'll find can be historical. They can be about fine race cars. There will be a certain Dutch element to it. So we do try and have a couple of the stories from the Netherlands that you might never heard before, especially in the U.S., and also there'll be some design pieces uh, and we're going to leave it a little bit open that we might even branch into uh, a beautifully designed boat, uh, a boat occasionally. It's the items that we enjoy reading about and the cars we enjoy driving and perhaps a little bit of an adventure here and there uh, that we'd all like to take. Awesome. Now, the magazine, when will the first issue be out? Well, uh, the original plan was this summer. Uh, and then a little thing called COVID happened. A little thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so a slight hiccup. Uh, however, we are making good product, uh, progress. We do have a prototype. I have one in my hands right now, which doesn't really help on a podcast. <laughs> it does exist. And so we're looking probably, we'd say towards the a launch issue end of the year, or early next year. Okay. Well, you know, I've been asking all my guests, how has COVID affected you? So let me ask you this first. Uh, you, your friends, your family, your coworkers, everybody okay so far? Yes, everybody's healthy. I have some friends that, that got sick, but they've recovered. So it's, it's definitely a real thing to think about. Um, I am also in the production industry. So everyone is tiptoeing back into being on set. So that is uh, a much bigger the decision than it once was. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm glad you've been safe and healthy. That's important for sure. Well, how can my listeners find out more? Website, I would assume? Yes, you can visit drivesavant.com, which will give you a little bit of a hint to the publication. Uh, you can also reach out to us on Instagram under drivesavant as well. Those are the two main places. You can leave us a message and we can get you a media kit. Uh, so you can learn a little bit more about it. And you can also reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm always good at responding there. So those would be the main channels for now. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, listeners, uh, I reached out to uh, Steve and his uh, cohort, and they were very quick to respond to me, which is fantastic. That doesn't always happen. So you guys are Johnny on the spot, and I appreciate that very much so because it wasn't too many days ago I said, hey, let's have you on the show. So, uh, of course, you're a partner in crime there through you to the wolves, by the way. I'll, I'll let you know that. But maybe we can get him on the show, too. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He is, he is the true founder of, of the actual magazine. So uh, in true Dutch fashion, he's uh, a little more modest. So he decided to put the Yankee on the line. There you so. go. Well, we'll show him how fun it is. So hopefully one day he'll come aboard. He's always a welcome. That's for yes. sure. So uh, there's your invitation. Well, I want to learn a little bit, too, about this uh, best-in-class podcast and welcome you to the podcast brotherhood, if you will, the automotive podcast world. Tell me a little bit about 
first and foremost, why you decided to do this. I think you're into episode number five here and tell our listeners a little bit about what they might to expect when they listen. So the idea behind best in class is we didn't want to do something that was too serious. And also there's a lot more people out there who are better journalists than I am as far as car reviews, car knowledge. But we thought maybe it would be fun if it was just people talking about things they love, which is their favorite cars. So I partnered with a friend of mine from the Motoring Club in Venice, California, and we decided to create this show called Best in Class. And the idea is we pick one car, meaning like a BMW 3 Series, and then we decide which one's our favorite era. So I'll pick one from the 70s and maybe he'll pick one from the 90s. We just And so we delicately argue and converse over why that car, that particular model or year is the best based on maybe what movie it was in, maybe um, how many it sold, maybe how one had a certain feature. Maybe one was manual, maybe uh, a certain sunroof or something like that. So it's very casual. It's uh, based on casual internet research and we just have fun for about an hour sounds like fun guys talking about cars for sure where can people find best in class podcast uh we're on spotify and also you can find us on instagram at uh, best in class podcast uh we are just starting out so i appreciate anyone who makes the effort to dig and find us but we are growing so there you go Give them a little love. Uh, All those podcasters need a little love. We need a lot of love. So give us a lot of love. That's what I'll say here today. You know, Steve, I always like to ask my guests about a big challenge or a big failure they faced in their life, a time that they were kind of pushed up against a wall. And this isn't so much about bringing up bad memories. This is more about how you faced that challenge. What did you learn from it? And most importantly, how did you overcome it and move forward in a positive way? So take us on a little trip, would you? I think I'm going to have to go back quite a, a, a journey just to back when I was a cartoonist at the newspaper. It's not necessarily an automotive story, but it makes sense later on. Okay. The idea of I was working for a fairly large publication, uh, you know, the LA Times, the newspaper, it went out to a lot of people in, in the area. And I was a young guy, uh, just getting my foot wet, first getting into publishing my uh, cartoons, was doing about five or six a week. Uh, the cartoon that you would see on the editorial page making commentary. And as many 22-year-olds do, I figured I knew everything. Um, and that was, that was my time to take over the world. <clears throat> and the instance that I learned was I did a certain cartoon that, shall we say, caught the eye of uh, people that uh, advertised in the newspaper. I got a call from a publisher at the Tribune who I'd never talked to before and asked me to come down to the main office at uh, Los Angeles Times, which was exciting at first and then a little bit dreadful because I'd never been called in before. Mm -hmm. And he was very nice. And he sat me down and he said, Steve, I'm not going to run your cartoon this week. And I naturally thought my cartoons were the best thing on the planet. So I could not understand why. (laughs) And uh, what he ended up saying was he goes, "Uh, see all those people in the newsroom? And I said, yeah, some of them were friends of mine. And, you know, I'd worked with them. And if you ever get a chance to go into newsroom, do it because it's probably filled with some of the most interesting people you ever meet in your life. I'll bet. And uh, he said, uh, if I run this cartoon, these advertisers are going to pull their ads. And he goes, and that means we might not have a newspaper. And he goes, so do you think, uh, he goes, I'm not going to influence editorial page because I'm on the advertising side. He goes, do you think I should run this cartoon? 
And that was a day when things were put in the perspective that you can't just say whatever you want. And <clears throat> the things you do can't have implications that you might not always think of. And I've kind of held on to that. And that, that day I learned that there's sometimes bigger things at play. And it's something that you keep in mind is that every time you do something that there are, there could be ramifications that you might not be aware of. Boy, is that a really poignant to what's going on in today, isn't it? Holy cow. Yeah, what's going on in the world today and politics and social media and the fact that people kind of think they can say whatever they want. I call them a keyboard warriors or they're off. I always say people are very brave behind a keyboard, but would they really say that to a person's face? I mean, something that rude, something that indignant, uh, whatever it might be. Let me ask you this, because you, you learned an incredible lesson that day. Also, you learned that publications, newspapers, media outlets, all, I won't say they pretend, but they claim to be middle of the road, not unbiased, but we know they, they are, especially nowadays. But let's say go back to when you were a young man, when I was a young man. But you realize there are ramifications to these things that can affect livelihoods and that sometimes these publications are not going to risk that, right? Yeah, and also you're risking everyone that works in that newsroom yeah. or that person that works in that agency, um, whether you're doing a commercial. Also, I learned the power of a visual cartoon because no one was reading the columns or the articles. But when you draw someone's likeness and do a caricature of them, you can guarantee you they're looking at it. I can guarantee you they're looking at it. Yeah, absolutely. Very powerful medium, that's for sure. And it's been around forever. If you look back, to the first magazines printed way back when, uh, mm -hmm. hundreds of years ago, they had cartoons in them and drawing. I mean, back then they didn't have cameras, so everything had to be drawn. But yeah, if you look at the political play and the beginning of our country and the cartoons that were written, it's fascinating to go back yeah. and study those. I took a course in school on cartooning and we had to do some research. It was one of the more, I will say the one of the more challenging and interesting classes I took. This professor took a really, it was an art class, but he mm -hmm. had this whole other thing he wanted us to think about. And, and as I'm hearing you say this, I'm realizing maybe that's the real lesson he wanted us to learn is that power in that. Yeah. And, and even if you think about art back in the old days, uh, let's say go back to Italy when the, the merchants would hire these famous artists to do paintings for them. And these paintings would come out and people would be aghast at what they were painting. And now we look at them as masterpieces. But back then they were commentary. <laughs> it, yeah. would, it would really make people mad. So, wow. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm sure it's a lesson you've brought forward to today, too, even with this new magazine, right? You've got to think about what you're putting out there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where the thinking from the focus of the magazine comes from, is you want to make something that, you know, the first question people do ask is, why another car magazine? And you want to really think about it and put your energy into something. And the people I work with are, are on the magazine are absolutely doing that as well, that you're presenting something to someone that's not going to waste their time, that they're going to be excited to share. And especially now reading a magazine is such a, a you know, a privilege because we're all so busy that you want to make sure that uh, what you're sharing is, you know, not only correct and editorially honest, uh, but interesting. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Great story. Thanks for sharing that and taking us there. Great lessons for some people that maybe haven't learned that lesson yet, but we all do eventually. We all do. Let's take a short break and thank our sponsors again. And we come back, I want to dive into your personal passion for cars. And we're going to talk about a very special 
Ferrari, I'm sure, so sit tight. Let's take a pit stop from the conversation and talk about my charity of choice here at Cars Yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. One of those nonprofits is very near and dear to my heart because it's right down the road from the Cars Yeah headquarters. It's the LeMay America's Car Museum in Tacoma, Washington. One of the world's truly great automobile collections and one of those must-see bucket list destinations for car people like you and me. If you haven't seen it, I hope you make a trip soon. And if you have seen it, it's probably time to visit again. To learn more about this fantastic museum, go to www.americascarmuseum.org. And while you're there, you can donate to help them keep their engines running. That's www.americascarmuseum.org. And by the way, listeners, the LeMay Museum, it's reopening on the 25th. So you can go back and enjoy the cars. Check it out at their website. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read. Whether you dream of owning a collector car, maybe you have two, or maybe you've got 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code Cars Yeah, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH. And you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right, $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars Yeah for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. What do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 professional wins, multiple wins at the 24-hour of Daytona, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're Kevin Buckler, racer and the racing group's team owner, you create Adobe Road Winery. Located in Petaluma, California, he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, and a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today I'm going to tell you about Redline. It's a rich and complex blend delivering a taste of ripe blackberries, black cherry licorice, and a hint of toasty oak. An added very cool option is that this features the world's first interactive wine label. That's right. When you pour the wine, the three-dimensional tachometer actually hits the red line. It's incredible. The Racing Series is a killer gift for the automotive enthusiast in your life, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH, All one word in all caps. When you go to checkout, you'll get $10 off any purchase of wines from the racing series. The wine ships promptly and arrives quickly right at your door. 
Use the code CARS, yeah, check off for $10 off of your purchase today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the racing series. Go to adoberoadwines.com and use the code CARS, yeah, to save $10 today. Cheers. All right, Steve, we're back, and I want you to share a story with me that instigated this personal passion you have for cars. In a pre-show chat, Steve and I were talking about a car that we both owned, not the same car, same model, a 74 911 Porsche. He had one of those, but something happened that led to another very special car, which might be the next question I have, which is the first special car. But let's go back maybe a little further and find out where this pivotal moment was in your life when you knew you were going to be a car guy. So I think it started very young. I had a father and an older brother that were very much into cars. My dad, being British, uh, was very much into, you know, it was MGs, it was Jaguars. It was everything uh, that we talk about now that, you know, the great, we, you know, Aston Martin, James Bond. Uh, <laughs> I was brought up on everything like that. Um, you know, I think I learned most of my lessons from Magnum PI and Tom Selleck of um, how to operate in the world, it seems like. So everything was just cars, 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 and the annual pilgrimage every year with my dad and my brother was to the LA Car Show, and uh, I was in charge of collecting every brochure I could and lugging home those very heavy bags filled with uh, paper that we could enjoy the rest of the year. Yeah, how fun. Absolutely. Well, my next question is about your first really special car. I'm kind of hoping I may have led into this properly with that uh, that black F car that maybe you're going to talk about. Would that be the one? I've had. I feel like every car has been special to me. I know that's a very car guy thing to say. Yeah. But they've all played a, a certain role. They're, they've all been great. Um, everything from a uh, Carmen Ghia to um, a Boxster to the seventy four nine eleven that uh, led to what I was very fortunate enough to claim ownership to last year although i don't think you ever own a ferrari it owns you <laughs> yeah and so i went from uh the let's say reliableness of a, a german racing machine to uh an artistic en- endeavor that they call a ferrari <laughs> so uh, it's as they say uh you never go home to your mom and brag about the most reliable girl you met it's always the one that's uh breaks your heart um, and that's, uh, how I ended up in a Ferrari three way. Yeah. Now, before we get into that, you mentioned the word Carmen Ghia. I had a Carmen Ghia in high school. I had a 67 that I called my poor man's Porsche. I had that car all the way through college. Tell me about your Carmen Ghia. I had two, I had a 60 and a 64. Cool. The shining moment for that Carmen Ghia experience was I got a parking ticket and the parking person wrote, uh, Porsche. On the ticket. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. So I felt like that was an indicator and I held on to that ticket for a while. I'm amazed I had survived driving on the 405 uh, in a Carmen Ghia in the rain to go to college. Yep. Um, it's a pretty terrifying experience, but uh, I love those cars. Um, I don't think I'd ever have one again. But uh, they, were, they were fantastic for a short time. Yeah, I love mine. It was so much fun. I, I pulled the engine out and put a 2110cc motor in that thing with dual Delardo carbs, and it made a world of difference when I would take that thing. I drove my Ghia many times all the way from San Diego to Mammoth Mountain, which is a long, ah. long drive. I used to drive up to – went to UCLA for a year, drove up there 
quite often in the rain. Yeah, on the freeways. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. But let's go back to this Ferrari because I want okay. you to kind of tell a story here. And I'll let our listeners know um, you can go back and I'll put a link to it to a Petrolicious story. You were featured in Petrolicious. So I got a little deeper insights into what this car means to you. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people can say that they've dreamed of owning a Ferrari at some point. And I think I had my might have been mentioned in the video. But uh, when I was a young boy, there was a few seminal car moments in my life. One of them being Magna PI, which I talked about earlier. The other was Christy Brinkley in her 308 in National <laughs> Lampoon's Vacation. Yeah. And uh, again, the little later on, the chase scene in, in Against All Odds, mm. where there's a 308 on Sunset Boulevard. And a Porsche 911. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and the Ferrari wins. So, yeah, well, uh, that guy was kind of snarky. <laughs> I, know, I know, but that, I, I have to point that out to my friends with 911s, where I'm like, hey, you know, there's nothing wrong with second place. Still, <laughs> Ouch. Silverman. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is a, a 308 GTB? It is. It is the hardtop, uh, 1977, which is means it's carbureted. Uh, so, it has that lovely ferrari sound yeah yeah it's wonderful i'm gonna put a link to it so you can go and watch the video uh because it's really cool steve's driving it through the canyons there in uh, la and having fun and he kind of dives a little deeper into his passions and the whys and uh i believe in that video you said you'll never sell it it's a keeper it's a forever car if you ever get the chance to have one they're fantastic and they're a little bit silly at times but Everyone loves the car. I get excited every time I go out to it. And for me, the mid-70s was like peak supercar era. It wasn't too modern. wasn't too old. It can still go faster than I'd like to admit. And it just has the right smells, the right sounds. And it's it's fantastic. And it's black with red interior. So it's just got all the little bits that I love about it. And pop-up headlights. Yeah, yeah. And I love, you know, the interior that reminds me a lot of the feel and look of a Dino too. It's got that same kind of little hump on the gauges there and the the Mm -hmm. way the steering wheel is canted back or forward. I guess the bottom's forward. Yeah, it just, a lot of the Dino-esque-ness in that, which is one of my favorite, uh, I know that Purists say it's not a Ferrari, but it's a Ferrari. Enzo oh, built it. It's a, in fact, it's one of the more special ones because that's the one he built for his son. So Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, I'm going to ask you a bit of a introspective question here, Steve. I'm going to get into your skull a little bit here. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle, you were actually manifest as a vehicle. This isn't what you want to be. It's how you perceive yourself as some kind of vehicle. What would Steve Bolton be and why? Oh, this is such a tough question because there's so many cars that run through your mind. (laughs) I would have to say, if I'm being honest, which is what podcasts are for, I would go with, I'm going to go with a Mini Cooper. Okay. Why is that? First, the British Heritage. And also, I feel like that little car might surprise you a little bit sometimes, might keep up with some people it shouldn't be able to keep up with, and also that... I think probably puts a little smile on your face no matter who drives it. <laughs> Nicely said. Perfect. Perfect. I love the way you answered that. Mini Coopers are very, very cool. I've got a longtime sponsor and a good friend of mine. Chris is listening. Hey, Chris. He listens every day. He'll always catch me on stuff I goof up on, too. And uh, he is very tall, much taller than me. I, advantage of being my height is I can fit in any car. But Chris has a Mini Cooper, and he can fit in that thing. And I always go, how on earth do you get inside that car? But once you're in them, there's a lot of space inside there. There is. Very, uh well designed. 
It so. is. And an awesome, fun, fun car to drive. Anyone ever tosses you the keys to an old Mini Cooper, take them and run. Yes. All right, Steve, we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions, and I want you to give my listeners some quick blips of that Mini Cooper throttle. Kind of a lightning round here, so here we go. What's one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? I think, like we talked about a little before, is, is being able to do a variety of things. Uh, and then also, I think, having a little bit of self-belief that you're going to get to the end. I think a lot of people tend to give up, which is natural, but eventually you'll get there and just step by step, you're going to be all right. I think we call that confidence here at Cars, yeah, which is a good thing to have. Wish I'd had more of that in high school. I probably would have had more dates. That's why all those yeah. confident guys <laughs> always had dates. But. Didn't know. I didn't always have that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I had to work on that one. How about if I could yeah. arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased? Who would that individual be? Boy, it's a long list. I think the obvious choice due to my ownership would say Enzo Ferrari, but I feel like we know so much about him. You'd want to pick someone else. So I think I'd, I would pick James Garner. Oh, you know, I don't think anyone's ever picked him, which I'm kind of surprised. We've had Paul Newman, Steve McQueen, of course, some yep. of the other famous ones. But Paul, yeah, Garner, what would you ask him? Let's, let's, let's play a little game here. What's one of the first questions you would ask him? I would love to talk. Of, well, I mean, he was neighbors with Steve McQueen. So I'd be like, I already <laughs> know the answer. That probably wasn't very much fun. But also maybe what's it like to do when he did that first i think it was a j turn in the firebird in rockford <laughs> rockford files yeah you did that first one did he think huh this is going to be a thing this is mine yeah i wonder how he about that that'd be great yeah love that show i remember watching that show too along with all the other ones you've mentioned now how about when it comes to automotive advice has someone ever given you some great advice that you might kind of pass forward to the listeners here oh man when you're around cars people give you so much advice, especially when we're doing enthusiast vehicles. I'd have to say the best advice I ever heard is buy what you love. Yeah, absolutely. Everything else is going to be okay. Um, it probably applies to people, jobs, everything else. So if you really, really are into something, you're probably going to put up with a lot. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. Now, when it comes to resources, uh, is there a go-to for you? I know there's so many, but Maybe one that you find yourself going to, website, an app, a podcast, a blog. Let's see. What do I like reading? I think in the automotive sphere or just in what's made for the business or what I do. Anything. Um, I think a site that I'm on a lot is Bring a Trailer, but I think you guys probably all know that one very well if you're listening to this <laughs> podcast. Oh, yeah. He's been on the show. Randy, I've had yeah. him on this show and the second podcast I've been doing with uh, Keith Martin by So Hold. So uh, he was on the show right when he had sold to Hearst. So, boy, talk about a success story. So I would add uh, The Week magazine. Um, it is a British publication. comes out every week, and it gives you a little slice of everything all around the world. That's a new one. Okay. I'll make sure I put links to that on Steve's show notes page. Just go to carsyad.com, type in Steve Bolton, and all these great references will be right there. How about a book, Steve? Is there a book that you'd like to pass along that you learned something from? I will say I just read the bio on James Garner. Oh, okay. There you go. I believe it's the Garner Files, and I, I just found it fascinating. And I think everyone, if you've grown up in L.A., if you're a car person, if you like movies, you like history you'll you'll get a kick out of it 
You know, nobody's mentioned that. Is that a, a new book or has that been out for a while? Um, I think, I mean, might be relatively new. Uh, I know it's on Audible if you want to listen to it. Um, it's the one and it's narrated by him. So him actually talking is actually pretty fun. Oh, OK. OK. Yeah. John, uh, just looking this up here. John Winokur, co maybe yeah, co-wrote that. Uh, yeah, correct. Uh, yeah. If I'm saying his name right, yeah, Winokur, yeah. So, well, that's cool. No one's ever mentioned that. So you're you're the king of uh, bringing new ideas to cars, yeah. So I appreciate that. Well, <laughs> Very. Looks like that's something. The episode <laughs> sixteen hundred. Yeah. Yeah, sixteen hundred forty-six. Six forty-six. I'm trying to think. You know, it's kind of fun. I've had guests that want to be certain numbers. Like one guy wanted to be guest nine seventeen because Porsches and and so forth. So uh, yeah, we'll have to find something interesting. Six four six. I'm not sure what that might be, but uh, at least you're not guest number 1,666, then we know you might be a little trouble. So yeah. we'll the rest Well, that's coming soon, so we'll have to keep an eye out for whoever that yeah, guest is. Yeah, I'm wondering who that is going to be. I've yeah. not figured that. Yeah. They, they just come when they come, so I don't I don't yeah. <laughs> pre-do any of this stuff, so it just happens <laughs> when it happens. All right, Steve, yeah. we're up to the checkered flag here, and this next question yeah. can be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you... Yes. A very cool collector car today. Something very fun to park in your garage. But there are some rules to this game that may make it a challenge and it may not. One is you can't sell it to fund your new magazine or your new podcast or anything else you want to fund. It's got to be a keeper. It's got to tick all the boxes, meaning when you walk out, you're going to look at it and go, that's the car I want to drive. But here's where this could get tricky. It's the only collector car you can have. That means the Ferrari either stays in your garage and I don't have to buy anything or I'm going to be buying you something very special today. So what's it going to be? So this is the ultimate question for enthusiasts. One car to do it all, right? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people would try and pick something practical and answer this question properly. But I think I would definitely go for a Ferrari 512, which is the BB, the Bridget Bardot, as they say, which <laughs> is basically the amped up version of my 308. So it's got the 12 cylinder. It's got the bigger hips on it, a little better curves, uh, a little faster. And it's just uh, everything but more of mine. You know, this is interesting because I didn't quite know how you were going to answer this. I thought, well, man, he said he'd never sell the other one, but yep. there might always be another supermodel down the road which is what i call ferraris because everyone i've known who's ever bought a ferrari it's like dating a supermodel you go through this period of lust and you finally get to do it and then after a while you go oh my gosh this is a lot of maintenance <laughs> and you get rid of it and then six months later you do it all over again yeah the uh the berlinetta boxster that we call the bb i never heard it termed what you just referred to though which is kind of cool but i mean a 12 you got to have a 12 in a ferrari that's Exactly. Yeah. That's and Paninfarina, I mean one of his masterpieces. That car, mm -hmm. I always loved that car ever since it came out. I remember seeing it on the cover of Road and Track. And it was so it was kind of unloved for a long time as a collector car. And I what let me ask you this, since you're you know, your new podcast kind of has this debate going on. I, if if I was sitting across from you on your new podcast and I'd say, Eh, no, nobody likes those. Talk me out of that. Well, I think at the time it has that clamshell opening, which is a little, it's a lot for some people, mm -hmm. you know, the whole rear end of the car opens up. Uh, it's a very, you know, there's not much room inside. Also, it just, it might've been a little too, uh, I think tough looking 
where the 308 was beautiful, you know, your GTO, which came a little later, was beautiful. Like, this is a pretty car, but it never, you know, it was a little bit more masculine, I think. I think it was just a little bit tougher. And at the time, there was a lot of other options. And I think that uh, people were like, hmm, this one isn't for me. I'll take the Lamborghini. Yeah. Well, I think you did that well. Yeah, I I kind of get that. And I don't know, to me, I always loved it. I just, there was so much about it that just... Yeah kind of rang my bells a little bit and of course you know the engine the feel and so forth i got to ride i've never driven one but i got to ride in one once and i just went man this thing is cool it was a friend of mine in high school his father had one and this thing is so sweet and i've never forgotten it the smells the feels the look i mean everything about it that flat 12 yeah very cool car okay what color what color would you get well i was going to ask you that question but yeah, color. Yeah, I just I'm tired of red. Um, which you know, so it would have to be something different than red. Boy, and I'm not a black car guy. I love the way they look, but I could never own one. I'm way too anal retentive when it comes to clean cars. <laughs> yeah, I I, pro- I I'm really proud of you. The fact that you just drive yours, you don't worry about it. Got a few chips and well, I mean, I worry, I worry. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Well, yeah, I, 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 you know what I just mean. Don't- yeah. You don't yeah, obsess over it. It's back to that supermodel theory you brought up earlier. Yeah. Like, no one wants to hear it. Yeah. No one wants to hear how much hard work she is. They're like, yeah, whatever. So. <laughs> yeah, you got her. Don't complain. Well, let's see. Exactly. Color, you know, I I saw one, and this may be kind of boring, but I saw one in silver once that really looked quite stunning. And yeah. that kind of worked with the lines and so forth. Now, people that know me go, Mark, you've had so many damn silver cars. Why don't you get, yeah. out, of your, get out of your rut, you know? But I'll, I'll ask you, what would you pick? Well, I think uh, if you're a Porsche fan, you just pick silver naturally. That's like your <laughs> default color. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just kind of like one of those things. Um, for me, I think I do love black. I love them in black. But I've also seen um, uh, there's a like a dark blue. Okay, yeah. And it's a uh, blue with like a, a tan interior and it looks pretty spectacular. Well, you know, Ferraris are those kind of cars that they kind of look good in every color and they just kind of work. Even when you think about like an F40, I've seen those in some pretty unique colors. And I think I did see one at maybe it was Cavallino Classic. One of the times I got back there for that, there was a metallic green that was quite yep. stunning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going to change my color to that. I, and, I, and I've only owned, let's see, I had my first new car was green. I bought a first gen Scirocco when they first came out. And when oh, I was, wow. When I was in college, yeah. And uh, my first brand new car, and it was a metallic green with a tan interior. And I had some, I, I popped the wheels off and put those old late 70s uh, BBS basket weave wheels on it in gold. Uh uh-huh. You know, uh, yeah. very much 70s, 80s kind of thing. Now you're starting to see gold wheels kind of come back, which is kind yeah. of cool. So, oh, well, you got to get before BBS goes bankrupt, right? Uh, well, they uh, are not. Poor yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I love those. Um, yeah. So I'm going to change mine to green. You'll have a dark blue one, and we'll both go racing down the coast highway together. Like those two guys in that movie. Um, we won't be quite so crazy, though, I hope. They were on Sunset Drive, though, I believe. 
Sunset. I've done that. Uh, I've done that drive with a friend who has a red 911. <laughs> uh oh. Okay. Well, yeah. we we won't tell anybody that was you <laughs> that day. Oh my gosh, Steve, you've taken me on a really fun ride. This has been great to get to know you. I'm really thankful for the time you shared with me today. I want to thank you for um, sharing your story, and I'm really, really proud of what you guys are doing with Drive Savant and your new podcast. Uh, congratulations with that. Best of luck with you, or for you, I should say. Before you drive off into the sunset in that BB, could you give us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance? I think it's similar to uh, owning a classic car, which is just keep on driving. I think as long as you keep at it, things will get better and better. Absolutely. That's the way to do it. And what's the best way, again, for my listeners to learn more about Drive Savant and Best in Class podcast? Uh, You can find... Drive Savant on Instagram. That's the best way to send us a message. You can also go to drivesavant.com, which will give you a little bio about the magazine. And then Best in Class podcast is available on Spotify right now, soon to come come to many other platforms. And you can also find Best in Class podcasts on Instagram, but it's very new. So please be patient with us. There you go. Absolutely. Steve, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your life and your joy with cars has been a blast until you and i talk again i'll see you down the road thank you very much it's been a pleasure you're welcome if you're listening to cars yeah you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride but how confident are you working on your finances you may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting, but what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars Yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!